0: Okay, uh, listen, before we start, though, do you think we could put that bit from uh, The Exorcist as an intro What quote? The quote from The... What's the most famous
1: quote from The Exorcist? I was drinking. Just... <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, seriously, but do you think we could... Uh, do... I know,
1: like, I ain't, I ain't scared of no ghost. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: that's the, from The Exorcist.
1: <laughs> Add it, yeah. Okay, so...
0: The enemy have no power over. i <laughs>
1: the song of liquidity be powerless to harm Your her. mother sucks cocks and hell, you, curse, you faithless slime. Thank you.
0: Okay, guys, and welcome to today's episode. I'm your host, Karim.
1: (laughs) You know you could talk, bro. And I'm Eamon.
0: (laughs) I (laughs) I, I didn't know you were setting me up, man. I I just said uh, welcome to the show. Okay, I wasn't looking at you. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so...
1: I I can't do it. We'll do it live. Okay. We'll we'll do it live! (laughs) (laughs) Fuck it! do it live i can i'll write it and we'll do it live and thing sucks yeah. Five, four, three.
0: i guess welcome to today's show i'm your host Kareem. and i'm amon and today's episode aim will be covering exorcisms and the movie the exorcist
1: nice
0: nice it's fair to say that i think the exorcist is one of my favorite horror movies uh i've seen it i think about three four times
1: Yeah. i think i saw it twice maybe as well
0: yeah and honestly um like the first time you i watched it yeah it was creepy second time it's actually an interesting study of how religion is depicted in movies. For today's episode, and keeping in spirit with the ha- month of Halloween, I decided that so today I thought like we would look at exorcisms, uh, The Exorcist as a movie, and also the events that inspired or that would inspire the movie itself.
1: Yeah, I mean, was- Exorcist was a pretty huge movie at the time, so... People re- forget about its huge impact in the world. And to this day. To this day! To this day! To this day! Yeah,
0: so let's get things kicked off. Let's Re- do it. Are you ready? I'm ready. So the notion of exorcism has lingered in the zeitgeist uh, along those religious and those superstitious, right? So the idea of, the, of exorcisms have been around since an- antiquity, right? And especially with those who have background or who have some superstitious belief or who are pretty much zealously religious, right? So the idea that a malicious spirit or demon would take control of your body, your vessel, suppressing the soul might sound a bit outdated to some, but for others, this is a true reality, right? The devil is real and he is everywhere. He's influencing you when you do yoga. He or she. He or she is influencing you when you do yoga, seducing you through your television, speaking to you through music. But how did this medieval phenomenon take place in the 20th century? How did it make a comeback? Yeah. Joseph Laycock, the editor of Penguin Book of Exorcism, explained, in modern United States, exorcisms was once rare. All this changed after 1973, when the Exorcist created a massive demand. The history of the devil or evil influencing goes way back, right? Like we're talking ancient times.
1: Yeah, there was always depictions of evil spirits being ward off, not necessarily the devil, but just like warding off evil spirits and whatnot and demons and that kind of stuff.
0: So the Earliest record we have of um, of some sort of exorcism comes from ancient Assyria. It's always
1: Assyria or Babylon, huh? No?
0: Yeah, for those who are uninitiated, Assyria is in the region of the Levant, which would become Syria, Lebanon, Palestine, Iraq. Uh, so there was a tablet that explains how to ward off an evil spirit. Right? You could ward off an evil spirit by making a dough effigy of that that's possessed, and then rinsing it with water. So it's almost like a voodoo doll.
1: Dance and uh, it's pretty much like holy water.
0: Exactly. So yeah. you can see the concepts there, right? Mm-hmm. The Romans practiced a form of exorcism too. A second century story by Lucian of Samstoa recalled a spirit leaving a patient. There's also accounts from Drufius on Jewish exorcisms. They also exist in the Islamic world, as you know. A Japanese folklore, even in Watson's hometown of Tibet. The stories of exorcisms that take place. As for Christianity, perhaps it has the most goryest details compared to other religions, right? Uh,
1: uh, I am speechless. I am without speech.
0: Other religions would explain exorcisms through reciting cantations, prayers, blowing on something.
1: I'm sure there was also probably native culture had that kind of stuff too, because they had a lot of their. Uh, I'm sure there was also native exorcism uh, or some kind of warding off evil spirits and maybe emotions.
0: warding off but to take an evil spirit out of someone's body i've like from the research i didn't see anything from native
1: i'll google this in parallel while you'll do while you're doing this i'm just curious about all it. all
0: right go ahead as for christianity like we said the goriest details were left in christianity
1: uh, uh, i am speechless i am without speech
0: first mention of any sort of like exorcisms comes in the in mark's gospel where jesus performed his first miracle by exercising a spirit in a synagogue in capernaum so for the gospel for the most part is filled with so many demons recognizing jesus's powers and that him exercising the spirit was what made him popular among the demons right even a lot of people would accuse Jesus at the time of being in league with, with the devil, especially Beelzebub, for him to be able to command spirits with such ease.
1: So is Beelzebub. Uh, yeah, there is a spirit possession in native culture, but not necessarily exorcism, but spiritual possession.
0: Okay, maybe that's how they could explain evil, right? Yeah. So as you can see, the ideas of demons have been around for a long time, right? And the ideas of possessing the body is as old as the existence of demons. Now, how else, like, how else would you explain... Or how else would people back then explain bizarre illnesses or madness or the fact that you're hearing voices or having seizures?
1: Mental illness, schizophrenia. Yeah, exactly. And kind of stuff.
0: Violent mood swings. The science wasn't there for you to explain why someone was feeling that or going through that, right? Yeah. It's, even if you go to stuff like simply as lust, like you get this innate sexual desire and you can't explain it. It must be something beyond your control. True
1: absolving yourself of guilt kind of thing
0: exactly even drinking alcohol would be blamed on uh, some kind of possession right even touching yourself would be kind of seen as the devil made me do it yeah what else might it be than an evil influence right how else can you explain this even today you have mental illness being treated with like the same superstition of the past unfortunately
1: it depends on the culture but definitely certain regions have still not decided to dig into the mental health where it's almost frowned upon
0: exorcisms now in christianity is often seen as the last resort to tackling off an evil spirit right kind of seen like an extraordinary measure right Mm -hmm. but you have to keep in mind that when christianity was starting up it was kind of struggling to become mainstream right still pretty much didn't drop its own version of smells like teen spirits so the only way for it to combat with the other religions was to exercise the other pagan gods. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. Christianity would rival religions by uh, exercising pagan gods. Hence, why these pagan gods eventually would become demons in their own right. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Babylonian gods who became demons.
1: Yep, the real OGs. Pazuzu
0: being the the first affected victim of this for mm-hmm. sure. but back then exorcisms was kind of seen like almost a baptist or a baptismal process and of course the methods varied as much as there was priests who were performing it so from priest to priest the forms of exorcising demons would vary right the amount of demons would also increase with time so it was never only one demon that's been possessing you it would be more than one demon right and then somehow demons in the middle ages would end up getting some sort of like organizational chart
1: i guess each demon had its own personality too so lust would be a demon this would be a demon that would be a demon was that how it worked yeah
0: it's it's, it's almost like it became like a corporation right where like every department had its own demons so all- which
1: makes sense i mean if there are multiple demons and you had multiple sins each demon covers a sin
0: ultimately all of them would report back to the king of demons himself mm-hmm. lucifer as always with history since this was pretty much a patriarchal writings. Women were more susceptible to demonic possessions than
1: anyone. Of course, yeah. Um, shout out to Eve. When was the first story of a woman being, was it usually the stories and the scenario?
0: It goes back to witches, right? Like mm-hmm. ever since the dawn of them what, them what witches, ever since the start of witches, you've had that. Makes sense, yeah. yeah. Especially with the, yeah, with the witch. And it's yeah. always women. We forget
1: that witch trial was a form of exorcism as well.
0: Exactly, right? Purging of the sin by burning yeah. them. Like we said, the priests were always there to rescue the sulfur-smelling damsels, right?
1: Why sulfur?
0: Apparently, the smell of sulfur is associated with hell.
1: Is it something to do with volcanoes?
0: I think it's something to do with fire, maybe. It's uh, So the smell of sulfur is associated with like burning fire or something. So hence why a lot of people would say it smells like sulfur. Famously, Hugo Chavez, when he uh, was in the United Nations... And he spoke a day after Bush, and he infamously said that it smells like sulfur. Anyways, we've gone a bit off topic. So back to where we are. So we were talking about women being possessed because men would write about possession. This was best exhibited in 1634 in what was called the Possession of London. London? London, in France. When an entire convent of nuns fell under a demon's influence, named Asmodeus, or Ashmidi or by its jinn name, Sakhar. Sakhar. Leading to maybe one of the most famous exorcisms in history. The exorcism went for so long that people would come to visit the possessed nuns as a form of tourist attraction. The nuns claimed that the problems all started when a priest named uh, Urban who was by all accounts handsome and charming and pretty much wrote a paper explaining why celibacy should not be practiced. So he was kind of known for his sexual...
1: I mean, with a name like Urban, you're cursed.
0: (laughs) Yeah, so apparently he was like a charming dude who who was not really celibate, let's just say that. And uh, apparently that's when the problem started, right? So soon after his arrival, 17 nuns began showing symptoms of disturbance. Didn't they do a movie on it? The Devils by Ken Russell. Yes. Because I was going to say, do you know a movie that's close to that?
1: The plot sounds familiar. Charismatic Priest comes and all the women. We
0: family. have the movie on our external... Well we still haven't seen it yet. But after reading this, I'm like so down to watch it. Yeah. This mother superior described her sexual fantasies towards Urban and she would later blame him and his sorcery for making her feel such way towards them. Other nurses would start crying and making the most horrible and bizarre sounds that the priests ever heard. Uh, when I read that, I didn't know if they, maybe I was thinking to myself, I'm like, do you think they just, the girls were orgasming and the priests not knowing how an orgasm sounds like just thought it was like the most bizarre sounds ever?
1: Probably. But if we were <laughs> to, to think Seriously, it's probably a mass hysteria, right?
0: Yeah, maybe. The mother superior apparently was suspended in the air at some point. Uh, the girls were exorcised and somehow they all kicked the devil out. Father Urban, uh, he was arrested. He was put on trial and he was tortured and burned for being in league with the devil. Wow.
1: Yeah. probably of being good looking.
0: Apparently, there's a rumor that he kind of went against the practitioners or like the priests. So it was probably uh, a blasphemous dude. So it wasn't that. It was apparently a political move. He did not want to tear down a castle. In the city he was in, uh, the the church wanted to tear it down. So he kind of opposed the tearing down of a fortified castle. So that kind of caused a bit of uh, infighting between him and other priests. So I kind of used that as a way to, um, to get rid of him. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Why do you think your mommy or daddy are always telling you, don't put
1: that in your mouth? Let's find out. Hi, Hi, kids. Why are we on television anyway? We're here to tell a little story about why you shouldn't put things into your mouth when you don't know what they are. And why you should never take anything a stranger tries to give you. Why not? Because if you ate somebody else's medicine, some bad food, or some poison, you could get very sick. <gasps> Ugh. I don't want to be sick. And that's why before you eat anything, you should always ask someone you love if it's okay. Okay. I love you. Can I eat the guitar? No, oh. but but you can help me sing a song about eating things that don't belong inside you. Okay, I wasn't really hungry anyway. Well, wait, maybe a little bit. Okay, everybody, if you see something that you want to eat before you do anything, remember this song. Don't you put it in your mouth. Don't you put it in your mouth. Don't you stuff it in your face. Don't stuff it in your face. Though it might look good to eat, though it might look good to eat, and it might look good to taste, and it might look good to taste, you could get sick, yuck, real quick, yuck, real sick, real, yuck. Bye-bye, everyone.
0: Always ask someone you love before you put anything in your mouth.
1: books you
0: know maybe it's the devil the devil devil. where's it so like we said the movie would inspire Ken Russell's the devil and low-key it would also inspire morbid angel's album the covenant
1: oh, morbid angel yeah
0: so to think that they have an album inspired by this that's actually interesting by the 17th to 19th century of course europeans began to cast doubt on the superstitions and religion with the age of enlightenment and where the emphasis were focused on mental health and other scientific reasoning instead of demonic possessions. of course yeah so the idea of exorcisms began to be viewed as uh, something of the past right a dangerous and also something to be stigmatized, right? Yeah. This kind of leads us to a worldwide meeting of the Catholic bishops between 1962 to 1965, amply named Vatican II, uh, which was an effort to downplay the supernatural parts of religions to appeal to the younger generation.
1: So it's accommodating to the Enlightenment theories, yeah? Exactly,
0: but they were kind of like a hundred years too late, but whatever, you know, buried late than never, right? So the problem with uh, exorcisms is that, as you know, that exorcisms can cause serious
1: harm, right?
0: Exorcism today is always in the news. It's either caused someone great harm or it eventually led to someone's death.
1: Yeah, it's always the priest being tried for it nowadays, right? Like the exorcism of Emily Exa- Rose.
0: Exactly. So in September 2021, a three-year-old was killed during an exorcism in a small Pentecostal church in San Jose, California. The child was being choked while he was being held down during the exorcism. Uh, She was later asphyxiated. Uh, May 2022, three of her family members were charged with child abuse. So she joins the list of people who also suffered a similar fate. Uh, A famous one is in 1976, three years after the movie The Exorcist, Annalise Michael, a German girl who died from dehydration and malnutrition after nearly 10 months of Catholic exorcisms. She would later be the inspiration for the exorcism of Emily
1: Rose. Is it true that, I don't know, do these exorcisms need approval from Vatican or is that just the movie stuff?
0: No, apparently they do. Okay, uh, we'll So get...
1: all these priests doing exorcisms have gotten approval from the Vatican or do some of it go rogue? And well, technically
0: Pentecostal it. is another dominion. So it's not under the Catholic Church. It's okay. Prote- I think it falls under Protestant. But they
1: need approval.
0: Uh, we'll talk about that later. Okay. A Romanian nun also in 2005 would die from an exorcism after being tied to a cross. And, be- and she would end up dying from malnutrition and dehydration as well. In 2021, a man named Hassan Metwelli poisoned his partner Kelly Wilson in a series of what he called exorcisms when he attempted to expel the spirit of her by physically restraining her and administering near-lethal doses of drugs into her system. Was he Egyptian? I have no idea. I didn't really read really into his no. background. Of course, what I was more concerned about is that how he tried to cover his abuse towards her by claiming that he was exorcising a demon. As you can see, that like exorcisms are kind of seen as a form of abuse, right? So exorcisms are seen as nothing but a power dynamic. So someone like Hassan Etouali clearly used exorcism as a way to abuse his partner yeah especially when she clearly didn't try to conform to his views he's like oh she doesn't want to conform to what i want she's rebelling against me
1: it must be the devil
0: should they resist well it's a demon yeah for sure so this gives us to another story that i want to talk about in 1948 uh, a 13 year old boy named roland doe yeah they didn't give his actual name his name is roland doe Okay. Uh, began to experiment with his aunt's Ouija board okay so this shy and soft-spoken boy was his aunt's dearest companion and she was his dearest companion as well so when she died a year later he was completely devastated right mm-hmm. so wow. Roland uh, saw his only way to stay in contact with her was through the Ouija board and I think you know where this goes mm-hmm. soon he would begin to apply more occultish practices to stay connected with his aunts by buying talismans using weird spells and stuff like that. The family began to experience strange shifts in their household. They heard stomping noises, scrapping sounds. Then it delved into your typical haunting, right? Uh, the young Roland would have welts on his body, marks on his skin, and his personality started to change. Almost like what we read when we were reading The Bell Witch. Yeah, yeah. So the boy became aggressive and a bit of a douche with time, right? For sure. At times he would spew swear words and occasionally he would speak in Latin and it kind of confused and angered his family. When he's like, you know what, if you're speaking Latin, that's enough. you go yeah. into your room now. Um, one night, his mother walked into his bed just to see that his bed was being rattled while he was sleeping in the middle of it. Of course, the family did what most families would do in 1948 and turned to the local church and enlisted the help of a Lutheran reverend named Luther. It's in the name. Yeah. <laughs> when he went to examine, he was met with moving furniture. He noted that, that the, there would be noise coming from the walls and also like weird shit was happening around the house, right? So while trying to calm the situation, it failed. Mm -hmm. So he did what most reverence would do in 1948 and turned to the Catholic Church to exercise the boy. The church sent a priest named Edward Hughes to observe the boy and he was met with a boy speaking in an evil voice and an empty stare in his eyes. Mm -hmm. And he came to the only conclusion a Catholic priest would in 1948. (laughs) That the boy had numerous spirits living inside him and he he had to be relocated uh, to be exercised. So they moved him. From I think it was St. Louis mm-hmm. to Georgetown University in Boston. Uh, sorry, in Washington, mm-hmm. uh, D.C. I don't know why I said Boston, but I don't know.
1: The mark of Satan is upon them.
0: Georgetown sounds
1: like a Boston place.
0: Upon the arrival of Edward, Roland became enraged. He would cuss, he would curse, he would spit, he would cry, and he would foam when the priest would try to exorcise the demon out of him, okay? Mm -hmm. At one point, the boy even broke free from his restraints and slashed the priest across his face. Okay, so the exorcism didn't work clearly. Mm -hmm. So two new priests were brought in to look at the boy, William
1: S. Bowdrin and Raymond Have they tried to get a doctor in at any point? Well, it's 1948, so... This was peak of weird medical experiments, too. You'd think they'd get, like psychiatric because you know that was like the peak of mental those experimental mental experiments and all that stuff <laughs> experimental
0: mental experiments yeah i guess uh, 1948 after yeah
1: i could yeah maybe when all those nazis went to america
0: mm, yeah yeah anyways i don't know about the kids like maybe they were just too catholic or too religious maybe yeah they didn't bother after observing the boy the two priests came to the only conclusion two priests would come to in 1948 What do you think that was? He must be killed. (laughs) He needs a second exorcism. Oh no. So if at first you don't succeed, right? You try and try again, right? For sure. They moved Roland to a psych ward and spent six weeks performing 30 exorcisms on the boy. But in a psych ward? In a psych ward. Because it's a controlled and I'm using
1: quotation marks. The psychiatrist must have been involved to observe it. I don't know, but do you think maybe priests had their own... Unless the psychiatrist wanted to just analyze the psychology behind exorcisms and they allowed it to happen in the name of science. Maybe. You never know. Because they're pretty messed up too. Like
0: the details about that is not mentioned but that's actually a very interesting point to bring up. Of course the boy became more frazzled, more unhinged as you would say his cold stare would unsettle the priests and the priests would become exhausted right so they believed that a holy communion would be enough for the boy to be fixed i guess but failed however in maybe a duus ex machina if you will uh roland would wake up one day and just announce and i quote satan satan i am saint michael and i command you satan and other evil spirits to leave this body the boy was cured and he lived a long fulfilling life until he passed away surprisingly in i think 2020 by the way he became oh, a NASA okay. scientist wow some magazine figured out who he was and uh, he apparently turned out to be some na- not not <laughs> some NASA scientist freudian slip i don't know we'll have to talk about that later
1: oh, but like, good on him to recover from such a traumatic affair and to succeed in you life you know man
0: so i was reading about like his life and apparently his kids did not speak to him. After.
1: Look, he definitely has some traumatic effects of it all. Because what he went through wasn't normal. To have such a dark stare and to be, he, for a certain extent, uh, like intensely, uh, intensely monitored and exercised and all those stuff.
0: According to his uh, friends, he was always worried that he would be found out as being the boy who. For sure, uh, was because exercised. I
1: mean, he became a man of science, right? NASA, yeah. And you don't want that kind of Apparently stigma. Apparently, an atheist
0: too, at some point, if I'm not mistaken.
1: And you don't want that kind of stigma around you.
0: What happened, right? Or why was he acting the way he is? One of them is that he was just a de- deeply disturbed boy who had some like mental health issues that was not resolved. Others would say he was simply a spoiled boy who just threw tantrums and wanted attention or just avoid going to school. And the Latin that he spoke was just something he would hear and just repeat back. Mm -hmm. According to Mark, fuck that name, Mark Obsasnik. Okay, and he questioned the stories that happened during the exorcism itself. Much of the commonly accepted information about the story was only based on hearsay. There was never documented. It was never fact-checked. There was no evidence of ever a priest named Father Albert Hughes visiting the boy's home or ever having him admitted to Georgetown Hospital. Um, So it could have been BS. Yeah, there is ample evidence to refute the claims of Father Hughes suffered an emotional breakdown and disappeared. Now. Why is this case important, and why did I focus on this more so than the other ones? Because there would be an author called William Peter Balti who would attend the university. And when he was there, he heard the stories about a boy being possessed by a demon, and he would later use the accounts that he heard to inspire his book called "The Exorcist." Uh-huh. which would later be adapted in 1973 to a small movie called the Exorcist.
1: <laughs> okay, okay.
0: Which would go make a small sum of $450 million in the box office mm-hmm. and be the first horror movie to be nominated for Best Picture at the Academy Awards.
1: Game changer, that movie. Yeah,
0: and I think also the first horror movie to win Best Adapted, Adapted Screenplay.
1: Yeah. Now,
0: The Exorcist, for those of you living in some kind of cave on some kind of remote island on the other side of the universe, it's perhaps the most popular. Yep. And if it's not the most popular horror movie of all time, then it's easily the most relevant horror movie of all time. I think it's fair to say that. Yeah. Do you want to tell people the plot of the exorcist?
1: Uh girl gets possessed, priest comes, gets approval from the Vatican, <laughs> tries to exorcise the girl. Mom is worried. So uh, the plot yes, right?
0: So the plot goes that the mom, Chris, played by um, Ellen Burstyn, Brewston. Mm-hmm. the lady from Requiem demon possesses her daughter to go to, through some medical um, through some medical tests and of course the medical authorities not being able to help her she goes and uh, gets the assistance of a priest named Father Karasis mm-hmm. who is uh, a Greek priest whose mother just committed suicide
1: yeah the guy looks like Rocky
0: yeah um and of course, he's having a crisis of faith because of his mother's death. Um, and sorry, I don't think she commits suicide, but she dies. Anyways, then he takes the blame and he has a crisis of faith. He would ask one of his other, uh, other professors who was in Iraq studying Pezuzu, and they would both try to exorcise the demon from the daughter, Reagan, played by Linda Blair.
1: Yeah. Right? So that's the plot. Wonderful. Couldn't have said it better myself. That's the plot. No spoilers, though. Don't spoil it for people. I won't spoil it.
0: Even though, again, what rock have you been living under if you haven't seen The Exorcist?
1: I could have heard of it, but not seen it.
0: The Exorcist became a long-term cultural touchstone in the world, right? Like we said, its cultural relevance has spanned from 1973 all the way till now. There's so many countless movies, books, tropes that... Oh, it's a debt of gratitude to the exorcist. Yeah. So the exorcist was also seen as a touchstone of, for the Cold War between science and religion. Yeah. Because the movie showed how science failed to explain what was happening to the daughter, they resorted to faith. Mm-hmm. so the way we would go talk about mental health for at least the coming decades would come from especially that scene where science fail fails to diagnose and cure reagan mm. uh, the tagline of the movie was somewhere between science and superstition it's a good tagline like we said the exorcist also was released after vatican ii which was as we said when catholicism tried to update itself for the modern age yeah. right one interesting tidbit is that um, one of the results of Vatican II was that mass could be conducted in native tongue and not in Latin. Yeah. So prior to 1962, all Catholic mass was, com- was conducted in Latin. That's crazy. Only after then was they said that like, you could use your native tongue. That's insane. Yeah. Another cool tidbit, and I guess another bright spot, is that uh, nuns were forced to become more integrated into their communities. They were also able to get out driving licenses and drive. So to adjust it more, yeah. And in a weird way, paving for Whoopi Goldberg to join them and create a musical. Classic. The Vatican too would, of course, have their downsides or would be met with repercussions because some of the zealots or some of the Catholic zealots would see this as the death of Catholicism. Yeah. Who saw that the essence of religion was waning in lieu of strengthening itself against the New Age. Mm-hmm. So like in a time where we they should be fighting this spirituality or this like new age hippie hippieism mm-hmm. they shouldn't be acquiescing to modern
1: science. Yeah, I mean I'm sure some people thought religion should have went double down in such a era where it was being challenged a lot. Exactly, and it's again like we see today the
0: rejection of mod- modern uh, modernity, right? Mm-hmm. So like it's Christians uh, rejected modernity. And they saw that this was just another uh, example of the modern world taking over their faith. I wanted to discuss the ending of the movie, but I don't want to spoil it. Uh, So I don't know if I should put a timestamp and tell people to skip over if they haven't. But I think the ending of the movie is very important in the the way it represents uh, faith. Um, I
1: don't know if you remember the ending. I do. The priest and everything.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I was just saying you're going to spoil it. Okay, no. you know what? Let's just skip this part in case if you haven't.
1: Uh, yeah, no need to spoil it. Yeah,
0: but. yeah. If you have, if you have uh, seen the ending, and you want to talk about it, do so on our Instagram. We could sit and discuss it, if you will. So the movie, of course, became controversial upon its release, right? Yeah, it was salacious. It was blasphemous. Like, if it's not this scene where uh, Reagan is masturbating to the crucifix mm-hmm. or cussing out God, it was also like the way it was portraying the priests, you know? And the controversy only grew uh, when reports came out that uh, requests for exorcisms and demonic behavior increased wow. after people watched the movie.
1: I can imagine the spike on it, yeah. To quote W.S. Scott
0: Poole, so to quote W.S. Scott Poole from his book, Satan in the Merit, mm-hmm. the exorcist, both in story it told and the cultural impact it made uh, had implications that stretched far beyond its power to overwhelm audiences. The film drew on images of demonic evil that went back to the American founding and stretched back through the Middle Ages. It inaugurated a moment in American cultural life when the devil occupied a place in the public discord, not held at any time or place in America since the New England settlements. The devil's stories and legends became more important than God in defining cultural heroes, villains for millions of Americans. From what we could see is that like the exorcist did bring back the devil in, into yeah. the mainstream, right? Because I
1: can't think before then where a movie where the devil was the villain. No, and even... I struggling to think of movies in the 60s and 50s that had such a theme, unless it was perp- like vampire, Frankenstein, werewolf, mummy.
0: Some goofy monster. Well, oh. not goofy, but like over the top, right? Well, you're saying Frankenstein was over the top? Well, I'm saying that it's like there's not really much in reality of it, is there? You never know. With AIs. But yeah. <laughs> Anyways, so it's so this movie tapped into the fears of the zeitgeist. And of course, you have to keep in mind that this movie also tapped into the idea of being invaded by some foreign entity, right? Uh-huh. So a girl's soul is being invaded by something that's foreign. And mm-hmm. you're talking about a movie that came out during the Cold War. Um It came, the demon that entered her body, disrupted and tore the moral fabric of her. So imagine the fear of having a foreign entity disrupting and tearing the moral fabric of your society. Uh, It was corrupting the most innocent. And the reality of history deconstructed the the deeply held belief in American innocence, right? Yeah. So the American innocence of the 50s started to die in the 60s with the civil rights and Vietnam.
1: And exorcism was the ultimate representation of, of that,
0: right? Yeah. The Catholic Church were also um, outraged when the movie came out. They said that the movie would invite occultism into the household. It would expose people to the devil. And it also started the idea of there were subliminal messages hidden within the movie. For sure. The American Protestants would also respond negatively to it. Billy Graham, the, one of the most famous uh, evangelical pastors, Mm-hmm. Not, Said the, that, not The Wrestler. No, not The Wrestler. Said that the devil was in every frame of that movie and that every print of this movie was possessed by the devil. Damn. Uh, American Protest- Protestants would also chastise the Catholic Church for allowing the movie to be aired to begin with. Mm-hmm. But keep in mind, the Catholic Church by then had lost control over what Hollywood was able to portray. Like Back when, uh, the Catholic Church could, uh, had a say on what the movies could portray when it came to religion and science. Mm -hmm. it started to wane out in the 60s that's why you had a lot of movies in the late 60s and early 70s questioning catholicism Mm -hmm.
1: and all these horror booms poltergeists, and all that stuff exactly
0: the movie was restricted in the uk it was outright banned in some cities in england pretty much the movie did to horror what 2001 did to sci-fi right
1: it changed the game. It yeah. changed
0: the horror from being a cartoony zombie flicks to being something more supernatural. The following years, we'd see the following movies. The Omen, The Sentinel, The Centennial, sorry, and Amityville Horror uh, being produced. The soundtrack would also influence movies like The Shining. Of course. Uh, it was also the first film to have a, to have the studio push for a major sequel and not a B-rated sequel.
1: Yeah.
0: So the first proper major sequel to come out of them. That's, that's
1: insane. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Out of the extras, I never mm-hmm. knew that.
0: So like back then you'd have King Kong and then you have a sequel of King Kong, but it would always be like a B-rate.
1: Or something lives or whatever. Yeah, yeah.
0: You know, but this was the first proper major sequel. Mm-hmm. Of course, ironically, as the church tried to modernize, the the counterculture was growing more interested in the occult during the 70s. Uh, books about Satanism was kind of becoming popular.
1: Yep. Especially um, with the rise of all these circulars too and all that.
0: So there was a book called Michelle Remembers. And I'm not gonna to touch more about that because I wanna do an episode on the satanic panic. Okay. But uh, it's kind of, she was kind of discussing on how she had a repressed memory of being in a satanic orgy uh, and blah, 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 you know, the whole, the nines, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, again, I will, this is another episode. So the film became a social phenomenon because of everything that was happening around it, right? Yeah. And suddenly priests were being uh, asked or demanded for exorcisms.
1: I wonder, what, do you know the percentage of exorcism shooting up? Versus- uh, the
0: exact number is not written, but I'll tell you something. So William O'Malley, who was a Jesuit priest who had a role in the movie where he was, like, he was a consultant on the movie The Exorcist. Mm-hmm. He described a, this search to a sociologist named Michael Cuneo, and mm-hmm. he said the following. I was teaching at the Jesuit high school in Rochester at the time, and for a while the phone wouldn't stop ringing. They called, looking for an instant fix, pleading with me to expel their own demons, their kids' demons, their cat's demons. It's not that I rule out the possibility of demon, demonic possession. As the saying goes, there are more things in heaven and earth, Horatio, than that's dreamt in philosophy. This, but this movie seems to have set off some really strange vibrations. You had that, right? So you had a spike in people thinking that anyone who watched the movie was was it possessed by the demon, possessed by demons. You saw some strange behavior; it must have been demonic activity da 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 right so many conservatives also loved the movie the exorcist because uh they saw it as a way of capitalizing on exorcisms and that showing that oh because of modernization the whole world has now been susceptible to dem- demonic attacks well, it could be a warning call too yeah so that was another um reason behind like why they loved it mm-hmm. kind of only spiked up the number of uh I guess conservative Catholics, because it yeah. just reaffirmed their faith. For sure, like a warning thing. Yeah. And also, this is where we got back to the point where you're talking about would the Catholic Church like approve all these baptisms, right? Mm-hmm. So the Catholic Church had competition, you know, like now you have a demand for, for a product, basic economics. You have limited supply because the Catholic Church won't just give you any sort of exorcisms. Yep. People who would not get exorcisms from the Catholics would now have to go look elsewhere, right? So you had rogue priests popping up. thinking they would all be able to perform exorcisms. So Pentecostals started casting out demons. If you know Pentecostals are those who talk to snakes, I think, uh, what's his face? Uh, Mike Pence is a Pentecostal. Okay, You know those guys who hold snakes and they're snake charmers and they talk to snakes in the South of America? yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Or the American South, so you don't think it's Latin America? Mm -hmm. Um, Another one is also, you get like this new age healers who would offer to exorcise demons from you? You know what I mean? Yeah. You'd get con men who just like, remember the movie The Last Exorcist? Mm-hmm. The f- footage movie? Do you remember how that priest was in the beginning when you would put like the smoke and shit? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's pretty much what would happen, right? Mm-hmm. So you'd have con men coming up. In 1991, uh, the church authorities, the Catholic church authorities allowed exorcisms to be televised on ABC's uh, 2020. Damn. Uh, that's insane as a way to show that um to be shown like in a political agenda right like that it's actually real exorcisms are real and that the catholic church knows what it's doing in 1999 pope john paul ii brought back a focus on the formal rites of exorcisms and he and the official rituals that priests use to rid a person of demonic afflictions and possessions so he tried to bring back the old school way of exercising demons That's John Paul II. The Pope would later recommend that every diocese in the Catholic Church would be appointed in the Catholic world, appoint and train an exorcist. So every diocese needs to have their own exorcist. So he was really into it. He was really trying to prop it back up. And that's why it's becoming more and more popular. Yeah. In 1990, the International Association of Exorcists was formed (laughs) Nice. (laughs) to lobby the Vatican to take exorcisms more seriously. Makes sense. In 2004, the... Vatican's Congregation of, for the Doctrine of Faith asked the diocese around the world to once again appoint an exorcist in every position. Uh, so you can see that there's a political agenda of bringing back exorcisms in mass. Yep. Uh These new exorcists had to be trained. So in 2005, a special course was offered in the Vatican to train these exorcists. Training
1: it safely, yeah. Yeah. Makes sense.
0: Um, apparently one priest who took the training was Father Gary Thompson, whose experiences were described by a journalist named Matt Bajlio, and it will become basis for the 2011 movie, The Right. In the film, a priest with a little faith is sent to Rome to learn, how, to learn about exorcisms and it will accumulate to a dramatic battle between a demon named Baal. Mm-hmm. In 2014, the International Association of Exorcists finally received a degree and formal recognition from the Vatican to be an authoritating body. And it's interesting because you know Pope Francis, yeah, who took the papacy in 2013? Apparently, he's a Jesuit, like the Greek priest in The Exorcist. Okay. Jesuit priests are big on exorcisms. You know, they
1: believe... Yeah, that proper the proper demonic exactly. possession stuff, yeah. So, he encouraged priests and passioners uh, to... Uh, so it's not even that it's waning down, it's actually regaining. Rega- it, yeah,
0: and he's very open, and his openness towards exorcisms is also related to his, like, pr- his way of progressing the church, right? By bringing back this... like we have to be open-minded on demonic possessions yeah it's a thing exactly um which is it's weird man because like so he's a jesuit pope right he's the first jesuit pope Mm -hmm. right and you know jesuit popes have a reputation of being free thinkers they could doubt a lot they were considered communists at some point paul Francis is relatively tolerant compared to other
1: yeah, yeah he, he has come up with a lot of
0: uh yeah. forward-thinking policies yeah so it's interesting how he's so open to the fact of trying to bring back exorcisms to the mainstream and, and that he, his,
1: it seems it doesn't seem like it's part of his I, uh, personality traits
0: no exorcisms would play an important role in in the cultural wars that we would see recently. Mm-hmm. In 2018, a Chicago priest was removed from his position when he was committing an exorcism by setting fire to a rainbow flag. Wow. Uh, in 2020, an archbishop in San Francisco held an exorcism uh, at a site where protesters had toppled the church, uh, church statue of uh, Juntero Serra, a Spanish, mich- a Spanish missionary. Mm-hmm. He went and held an exorcism on the site. This made me- news. Mm-hmm. Um, native people were also accusing the missionary of committing a genocide on the indigenous people Yeah, and see so, yeah, so you're beginning to see that the strength is becoming back and now that we're living in a world where conservatism is going stronger and stronger
1: yeah extreme extreme views again yeah
0: you could see more of the rise of exorcisms right mm-hmm. and this also started from the exorcist by the way like in a very weird way
1: yeah it repopularized that theory
0: it brought Satan back in, uh, into the mainstream because think about it like, what was the blockbuster hits, right? You had The Exorcist, The Omen, those were blockbuster hits.
1: And in music, you had a lot of satanic music too.
0: Exactly, it was everywhere, right? Satan yeah. was everywhere. Uh, Rosemary's Baby took Satan from. So, you
1: need to bring a little bit of like exorcism and God back to challenge that wave.
0: Yeah, and then this is also by the movies that tried to cash in on The Exorcist 20 years after the fact, yeah. 30 years after the
1: fact. It's still a popular genre. movies, yeah. Uh,
0: the Conjuring owes its whole history on The Exorcist. right? Yeah, for sure, yeah. Uh, paranormal Activity. This is The Exorcist for you, and this is the cultural impact it has.
1: And it's a very interesting thing because… Um, it's still alive and kicking. I don't think it's… It waned down in the post-Enlightenment, but now it's more popular than ever. As, a, as at least as pop culture references, and do you think it's the rise of exorcism is indicative of the way society is going back to religion? No I just think we're in an era of extreme of everything, right? Mm. so we're just extreme in every view. so we have people who are super anti-religious and don't believe it more so than ever. yeah, but you also get people who are doubling down on it too. We're a big population man, so it's a, the bigger population. And we're more extreme than ever. So I don't think, I think those who believe in exorcism are a lot more vocal and those who aren't are a lot more vocal. So just extreme voices being heard. It balances it out. Yeah. So I think uh, if you look at people who are skeptic of exorcism a hundred years ago, it's probably increased tenfold, but people who believe in exorcism probably increased in tenfold as well. It's just in parallel growing together.
0: Yeah, I get you. Yeah, so I see where you're coming from with that. It's interesting, man. Like for example, so like what I know here, like in the Middle East, exorcisms do exist, but they're not to the same to the same extent as. They're not as extreme. No, they're not extreme. There's
1: like a, a I think a, a a sheikh will come and just like recite constantly. Until something happens.
0: Until you start having a shake and it's like, oh, there you go. Yeah, yeah. It's you know just I mean? constant recitals. Um, yeah, but it's never something just drastic. It's never something, uh, I mean. I don't think you need
1: approvals for it too.
0: No, I think any sheikh could go through it. But well, yeah, it's, it's interesting. Um, I don't know. I was reading this. I was kind of like interested when, especially when I was reading about the cases that happened where there was like exorcisms or back, back alley exorcisms happening. It's insane, man. Like, um,
1: It's almost like abortions, yeah.
0: Yeah. And I don't know what this tells us about the future, especially now that I'm beginning to see the world becoming more, like, it's. there's no middle ground for you either. You know what I mean? It's, it's, becoming, it's beginning to look like that, especially from a media standpoint, and especially with the rise of QAnon and all these, like, the devils everywhere. You know what I mean? Um,
1: I, I just think that happens a lot to do with social media's influx i i just think everyone's extreme i don't think everyone's more extreme i just think the extreme is being published more and there's there's more ways to view the extreme but the numbers have never changed in terms of percentage you can just find them more
0: mm. yeah so i guess we should wrap this up aim yep for sure um what's your views on exorcisms do you think the devil's everywhere Devil's everywhere, buddy. It's in the music you listen to. It's everywhere, yeah. Why why was Madonna's concert full of checkered floors?
1: I mean look at what uh what's <laughs> happened with what's his name? That wasn't a satanic ritual, I don't know what is. What? What was that fucking uh festival where people died? Oh, Astro World? Astro World. <laughs> yeah, Astro World. There was a devil there for sure. <laughs> and terrible incident. Mm. Yeah, but, and he, like yeah, but and yeah. he's
0: going after the strongest soldiers, bro. Why is Alex Jones paying a billion dollars? Is the devil trying to get him out of the market, bro?
1: Yeah, but <laughs> uh, yeah, man. Look, to each their own in the end. But there has been a lot of damage, more more damage than good from exorcisms,
0: especially to those
1: lives lost.
0: Who, especially to people who are just suffering from some mental health issue that could have been easily resolved if, like, the ta- if the right type of therapy and care was taken yeah, sure, into consideration yeah. instead of focusing on the superstition and it's funny how like it's always the devil like as if like lucifer is the only one who has the free time to come and possess you you know what i mean it's like come on bro like he has more things to deal with
1: but no, anyway but that's the pettiness of the devil <laughs> maybe it's a terrible uh, phenomenon that i hope would die down mm. uh, but it doesn't seem to be i mean like we've seen look, uh, people can have their faith in their views and it's fine, but we have enough research and medical science to support things before you go to such extreme measures. So I think people should always take caution with that. Yeah, Exhaust your resources. And then if you want, go to the superstition. I, I prefer not to, but if you, if you have to, you should.
0: Okay, that's true. And I think that's a nice way to close it. Do you recommend The Exorcist?
1: It's a good movie.
0: Uh, is it your favorite demon movie?
1: Uh, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't think so.
0: What would be number one?
1: Ah, can't can't put me on the spot. I don't know. Demon movie,
0: like or based on the devil or based. some like occultist occult thing, like within that realm.
1: Rosemary's Baby was pretty good.
0: I love Rosemary's Baby. That's the first thing that came to mind. Yeah, but uh,
1: screw Polanski. <laughs> uh, Hereditary is good.
0: Yeah, I guess. Yeah, Paymon was the name of the demon. Yeah. Oh yeah, we didn't even mention Pazuzu. Shout out to Pazuzu. Uh, a random Babylonian deity became popular from the movie Yeah. so you got that I think that's the only good spot from the exorcist yeah. <laughs> anyways so next week aim it's going to be I think the end of Halloween so we could have two things we could talk about the event like the holiday the start of the holiday Halloween and how it came to be or we could talk about your favorite franchise Halloween
1: oh, we'll have to see yeah, <laughs> yeah for sure
0: all right, and we could talk about both of their impacts. Yeah, yeah. All right, guys. So I guess this was today's episode. Nice, easy one. For November, I'm planning for a topic for early November, which I'm starting now. That's why these topics are short and easy to go through. I'm more of a discussion-based because I'm trying to reserve everything for that one. So stay tuned and have a good night
1: yep and take care guys
0: oh call it to action okay guys and don't forget to listen to our podcast wherever you listen to your favorite podcast except for stitcher we just hit in the time of recording about 500 downloads so thanks to everyone who
1: yeah, that's awesome thank you everyone for the support yeah thanks for listening reviewing giving
0: us feedback we, we do take everything you say into consideration and we've been trying to improve since and yeah follow us on instagram at convo underscore b t w e follow us on facebook at the conversation before the world ends follow us on twitter i think we started the twitter at the convo underscore b t w e we have a tiktok account but i don't remember for the life of me the account so go to the instagram and i'll drop the tiktok account there and yeah i hope you like today's episode and good night take care Thank you.
1: describe what's happening and that is panic